Hi, I'm Anthony Sharon, pastor of First Assembly of God of Greater Lansing, better known as GL First. I hope this message connects you to God's Word and His vision for your life. You can find out more about us at glfirst.org. Thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. All right. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? Good? You know, somebody once told me if, uh, if I'm on this side of the grass, it's a better day than if I'm on the other side. So, right, we can all agree with that, depending on how you're feeling, I guess, right? So anyways, good morning. Oh, man. Um, you know, I, I'm excited today because, uh, you know, Randy Marin and I go way back and one of my favorite things, and he doesn't know this, but one of my favorite things about Randy is that when I preach, he is like an instant hype person because he, he gets so excited uh, about the gospel and, and everything. And, um, and so no pressure today, okay? But you're my hype section now, okay? All right? So it's, as a preacher, it's always, you like to get feedback, at least good feedback. You don't want to be heckled from the crowd, right? Um, it's not a comedy show, people, okay? Um, we're finishing up our series called Love Wins. Uh, has anybody gotten anything out of this series? Yeah? Good, 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 good. I hope that uh, your stress is, is a little bit lower uh, some of your distractions. I hope that you are freer as um, a believer because, you know, when he did pass away or die for us on, on that cross, he, um, he defeated death. He defeated death. And right off the bat, the first thing that we asked was this. If God can defeat death, if Jesus can overcome death, is there anything harder in your life? Is there anything harder in your life? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I, I, I've tried, and I've tried to, I went back, and I tried to search, Lord, and I, surely this was harder. Like, Marine boot camp was probably harder than death, right? No, no. Death, death, overcoming death is, is it. That is the hardest thing. And, uh, you know, today we're talking about the future. I... Um, have one of these sheets here. Does everybody have one of these? If you do not, raise your hand right now. You will, you will get one real quick. It'll like magically appear in your palm in a second as fast as Pat can get to it. Okay? This is just a little outline. We're going to start doing this um, on a weekly basis so that you can remember. We used to do this, and because of COVID, you know, a lot of things got shifted, and we want to bring this back because uh, I believe that God's word is so good that it should not just be preached once. It shouldn't just be heard once. Uh, we've got to live it every single day, and the application of what we do from this stage is the most important part in your life, what you take from it. The things you start doing tomorrow because of what you heard today. Okay? So, um, right now, I want you to grab this. If you have a pen, piece of pa uh, this is your piece of paper, okay? I want you to write something on here, okay? Not yet. Just, just wait. And don't be the smart person who actually writes something 
on the top of it, right? Say, you got it. You got something? <laughs> okay. All right. So listen, um, over this last year, we've had probably the most trying times, at least in my recollection for this country. Um, can you guys agree that it's been pretty trying over this last year? And this is, this is just personal stuff aside. Like, personal stuff aside, this year has been really trying. We have all been through it. It doesn't matter your economic status. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter your background, your culture. This year has affected the entire globe. We have all faced things. We have all lost people, right? Over this year, I mean, we have all lost people that are close to us. And, and this starts tugging on our hearts. It starts tugging on our heartstrings. It starts uh, helping, uh, making us think towards the future. And as we think towards the future, we look at it through the lens of uh, our experiences right now. What does that mean? If you are stressed, depressed, um, you're very anxious, probably you're going to look at your future that way too. Okay, if you're happy, bubbly, full of the spirit, and you're like, man, nothing can faze me, you're probably going to look at your future like that too. Okay? But most of us, we're feeling it. We're feeling all of this weight weighing down on our shoulders, right? And, and, and so that is making our futures look pretty bleak. Right now, I believe that people in this crowd, people online, are worrying about things that they have no business worrying about. So let me ask you this question. Are you worried about something in the future? Now, it could be your finances, could be your job ending, right? We've got people that have their jobs ending in, in, in so many months. We've got um, unemployment benefits coming to an end. Uh, you could be worried about how you're going to pay rent in the next two months. You could be worrying about uh, buying a new house brings a new stress. I mean, all this stuff. Um, you could, how many people have kids? You're worried about your kids' future? As parents, you carry a lot of this, right? And especially if you're parents of teenagers or young adults, you, man, all of a sudden, all these worries become reality. And you continue to worry and worry and worry and worry. Uh, I was overhearing, I overheard a phone call this, this weekend. I wasn't trying to. The person had it on speakerphone. And so I figured if it's on speakerphone, it's fair game. <laughs> right? And it was in my house. So, I mean, why not? And, and so I was listening to this phone call, and it was uh, two um, uh, women speaking um, of a certain age. And, uh, and they, were, they were talking about things, and, and you could just feel the anxiety in both of their, their voices, okay? And so this much tension walks through the room. You got to kind of go, I wonder what that is. And so I did. I, I, I just perked up, turned the TV down, was like, right? And, and one of them mentions um, things happening at our border. And... Man, and she is super stressed. I mean, she's saying this in her words. I am super stressed. I mean, she didn't say that like that, but you know what I mean. And, and she was like, man, I am so worried about what's going to happen. This guy is not, uh, he stopped building walls. He stopped protecting our borders. And now our borders are being overrun by um, people coming over. 
And then she goes into this whole thing about how the Border Patrol now has to um, uh, start babysitting all the kids and stuff. And how are we doing that? They can't do their jobs if they're doing that. And now we're going to be overrun. And I go, okay, where does this person live? Like, they live in Michigan. And all of these things that you're worried about probably will never, ever affect you. Ever. Personally. And I just, I, the Lord just kind of opened my mind. And I started thinking about this in the, in the context of this series. Is how many times do we sit and stress over things that we have no control over and things that we are never going to be affected by anyways? Have you guys ever found yourselves in that trap? Maybe, I, I, I'm telling you, this year, I have felt anxiety like I have never felt in my life. In my life. I have more time to watch TV, to watch the news, to browse the internet. I just want to look at those uh, stupid cat videos that we used to be, those used to be a huge thing. Now I'm getting bombarded by everybody's opinion and every news thing because somebody deemed it newsworthy to me 2,000 miles away. And, and now I, this, this, this anxiety that these people are speaking with has transferred onto me. And now I'm worrying about things that I have no business worrying about. Does anybody else fall in this trap? Have you been worrying about things that you have no business worrying about? This is this, I'm telling you, this is the age we live in. This is the age we live in. Last week, we, there was one thing I wanted you to do. Repent, 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 repent. This is, we need to repent of this. We are trying to control things that only God can control. And you know what that's doing? That's taking his place. That's taking his place. Are we supposed to do that as believers? I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, I'm telling you right now, I've had to um, repent. I've had to confess. I've had to say, you know what, man, I, I, I've had to shut off some of this noise. Some of you guys, you know, you, you go on Facebook and you haven't seen me on there in a while because, man, I just, I can't handle the noise anymore. It's not the good stuff. The good stuff, man, the, the heart-wrenching stuff, like, I love all that stuff. I really do. I love seeing what's happening in people's families, except there's not a filter that you can click on that says, get rid of the garbage. And so I get bombarded with everything, and I'm going to tell you the, the pastor's plight is this. And it's not so different than any of yours. We end up taking on emotions and anxiety of the people that we serve, Okay? And, and you do this too. You, you do this too because all of you are, are pastors over something. Okay, now think about this. You, you begin to, to receive these things and take on these emotions and this anxiety that you have no business, no business doing. So back to this. Back to this. I want you right over the top. I want you to write down one thing that you're worried about for your future. Maybe you are stressed out about who our president is, okay? Write that down. Maybe that does drive you right now. Maybe it drives you about who our public officials are. 
okay? I'm telling you, instead of driving you to anxiety, I'm hoping by the end of this, it'll drive you to prayer for them. Because that is actually something you can do about it. But sitting and worrying isn't. It's stealing life from you. It's stealing life. Now, my Bible tells me very clearly that I'm to have life. And I'm to have life abundantly. And, and if you allow this anxiety and this stress and this worry to steal that from you, then you're giving power over to things that can, they can't do anything for you. But we serve a God who can do everything for you. So logically speaking, let's put our focus back on him. Let's do that. And, and, and worry about things that he deems worthy of that time. Because I guarantee you, there are things in your life that are getting pushed off the table right now. Because you're allowing all these other things to steal. To steal your purpose. Now, I told you last week, my, my purpose is this. Is that I, I want to help every single person in this room and online to not only recognize the full potential that you have in, in God, in, in Christ, Christ living in here. He has chosen to take residence in your heart, meaning that you have some value. You have some value. You're priceless. Okay, you're, you're a hot commodity right now. Okay, that's what he did. He took this, this right here, he moved in, and said, man, I'm going to start renovating this house. I'm going to start doing some good things. This, this house value, has, it's going to shoot up. Okay, but the problem is, is that you stop it from happening. And so my goal is to help you recognize and fulfill your God-given potential. Yours. To, to live out your vision and your mission that he is birth on each and every single one of your hearts. And if you have not found out what that is, I, I'm going to guarantee you that one of the reasons is, is because you're worried about the wrong things over tomorrow, next year, in the next five years. So if we can make room today, this is the whole goal. If we can make room today, okay, and, and start shoving out the little things so that we can make room for those big God-sized dreams in our lives. Okay? That is what we have to do. That's what we're going to do today. That's my prayer. And as we do this, let's get started. I want you to write this down. I'm going to pray. And uh, I want you to hold on to this for the entire message. What it is that you're worried about. Could be your kid's future. Could be bills. Could be money. Could be job. Could be spouse. Could be whatever it is. You're human. You got worries could be our political system, could be all of that. I just want you to pick one thing, write it down, put it on there. I'm going to read our verse today that we're, we're going to uh, pull a lot of uh, from it, and that's Matthew 6, 25 through 27. And it says this, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put in put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing amen to that because i can't coordinate just put that out there 
He says this in 26, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Dear Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would help us to recognize those things that are taking our time, that are taking our potential, that are taking our quality of life, that are robbing us of this life and life abundantly. Father, I pray right now that you would help us to pick one thing and by the end of the service to be able to hand that to you, to hand it to you and say, we give control over this to you, the one who can actually affect change, the one who can actually uh, affect the outcome of this situation, this circumstance, this goal. Father, I pray right now over this congregation, over those that are watching online, I pray that you would open our hearts to receive your words, open our eyes to see through a lens that you have given us, a filter, your filter, a Jesus filter, to be able to love ourselves properly for who you call us to be, for who you say we are, not who the world tells us we are. Not who the people in our past have told us we are, but who you say we are. And the fact that you live in our hearts says that we are valuable, that we are priceless. So, Father, I pray right now that you would help us to break free of the bondage of our past, of the bondage of our present. And, Lord, help us to break free of those chains of our future. Those things that we have no control over, Father, I pray that you would help us let go to free up some space to be able to hold on to the things that you deem worthy, worthy of our time, worthy of our effort, worthy of our, 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 our resources. And Father, we, we ask that you would do something special in this service. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You guys got that written down? You ladies got that written down? See, I'm non-gender biased. I try not to be. All right? You guys got it written down? You guys good? Okay, a couple thoughts real quick um, before we get started. Uh, one, I do not have control of the future. I do not have control of the future. I don't have control over it. You don't have control over it, yet we act like we do. Okay, I need you to understand this. I do not have control over the future. Another thought. My heavenly father is looking out for me and will provide for my needs. I don't understand how a lot of us can, can, can sing about how great God is and get it. We, you guys were hyped today in service. Do you guys know that? Like, I could feel it. I was, I, was, I was feeling the clapping from over here, the, the loud singing over here. I was, feel, I was like, yes. You know, and I was like, getting it. I had to sit down because five back surgeries, and my head was on the camera. So I didn't want to distract. But I don't understand how we can sing those songs with such just expression and emotion and yet, we don't believe this simple principle that my Heavenly Father is looking out for me. 
How do we know this? Because I will guarantee you that when you pray for somebody else, you pray with more passion, you pray with more hope, you pray with more faith and more belief than as if you were praying for yourself. It's, it's a crazy dynamic that we have in, in Christian world, right? We have this belief that God can heal you, but I'm doomed. How do I know this? Because we, we, we do, we, the way we act, the way we act and how we approach things really shows what we believe. It does. We have to understand this, and, and before we go any further, you have to make this declaration to yourself that my Heavenly Father is looking out for me. Right? If I were to yell a statement like, God is good. Look at you guys. You guys are trained so well, and all the time. It's, okay, now, now you guys say that with such ease, yet believing a statement like this is, is, is complicated for us. Okay? So my Heavenly Father is looking out for me. I don't care what circumstance you're under. I don't care what your situation is. God is looking out for you. God is looking out for you. You know, somebody once told me, I said, man, this is like the worst day ever. And he, they said, did you pray today? And I said, yeah, man, I had the best devotions I, I ever had this morning. And yet today turned out to be the most horrible day ever. Because I like the Eeyore kind of faith. It fits me. It fits my personality. And so I kind of go in that realm sometimes and I just start complaining. I'm like, oh, right? And then the person looked at me and said this stunning phrase, said, man, thank God you were praying. Could you imagine how bad it could have been? And I was like, whoa, glass half full. Right? I was like, I didn't even think about that because I thought this was the worst it could get. I thought last year was the worst it could get. We prayed. We're like 2021. Bring it. And then 2021 showed up and nothing changed. <laughs> and you're like, what's going on? God is looking out for me. And he will provide for my needs. How do I know this? You're here. You're here. You're online right now watching. You're watching. And if you're hungry, we'll hook you up. We got a couple of sandwiches and old pizzas in the fridge over there. We got a youth pastor and that's, we, we get, we, we keep uh, old pizza around all the time. Amen. And an air fryer back there. I brought the air fryer as the mature adult, and, and our, 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 our youth pastor brings the, the pizzas. And so together, we are a combination to be reckoned, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, we can make good pizza. We can make old pizza taste brand new. That's the point. Okay? And only in church, because God is into doing new things, right? Okay? <laughs> Another statement real quick that you need to write down, circle, star, whatever. Turn your worries into prayers. And trust in God's plan for your life. If you get nothing out of today, at least begin to do that. That thing that you wrote down, if nothing else today, you'll start praying about it a little bit more. And, and, and maybe you'll start to see a shift in your life. Maybe you'll start to see the, the chains that were snagging on your heart, the little uh, strings that were causing you to be a puppet of life, start to be snipped as you begin to give it to God. Anybody ever, um, anybody ever remember one of these, these things? Anybody ever play with one of these as a kid? What is it? The magic eight ball. 
I don't know if you can see that. If we can, there, there you go on the screen. Okay, it's a magic eight ball. And these things were the coolest things. What kind of questions did we ask the magic eight ball? Oh, that was a real close up to my chest. Huh? Will I find love? Yes. Will that girl in middle school actually talk to me? No doubt. Or no chance of that happening, right? You remember that one? Yeah, that's. And then I go, that figures. I get it, right? Will I be a millionaire? You guys have already asked that, right? Will I be a million? Hmm. Uh, unlikely. Must know what I do for a living. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> right? What other questions did we ask? Anything else? What? Any? Will I get this job? There's a nice mature thing to ask your magic eight ball. It <laughs> was an ironic statement. Okay, just let's see. My reply is no. Seriously, it's, it's a little blue water and a little triangle came out just like that. Sorry, buddy. <sighs> I don't know what the, like, you know, and if you didn't like the answer, you just kept shaking until you got to the one you liked or the one you accepted, right? That's, that's really how it is. Like, well, I'd be a millionaire and you shake that thing like a million times. Like, I'm going to get it this time. We believe in stuff like that. I don't know why, but when you get a good reply off of that thing, isn't it amazing how much better you feel? It, something clicks and changes inside of us. We're like, oh, there's hope. There's hope. And that hope, man, it can, it can fire you up. That hope is a dangerous thing for the enemy. But something like a magic eight ball? Uh, I would rather put my time and effort into asking God those same questions, right? And that's what we're going to learn today is that, man, we, we need to seek God first. We can't seek external things. We can't look into the paper and look at our astrology thing and say, oh, well, it's a full, full moon, so I'm, I'm probably going to get a really hairy back and um, my teeth are going to grow out and I'll just have to attack my next date or whatever. That's how I get my next mate, right? No, it doesn't work. None of that works. But yet we, we, we put our mind into these things. Um, you'd be amazed at how many Christians believe in astrology. I think they're fun to read sometimes. I, I, just like fortune cookies are fun to read. But I will never put stock in a piece of paper that randomly comes out of a cookie. <laughs> right? Like I would never, I, I'm, I, call me, call me cynical, right? <laughs> but, but I would never put stock in that. Yet we do. We do. Because we're, we're grasping at this idea and this concept of hope. Hope is a dangerous weapon to the enemy. Hope is a, is a, is a, is a massive uh, fuel to, to your, your momentum. 
but you need to put it in the right spots. You can get that same feeling by being on your knees for five minutes and asking God, Lord, show me. Show me, because I'm going to tell you right now, the plans that he has for you is not a secret, especially to you, okay? And, and a lot of people like to come to me and ask me uh, what I think is, you know, God's plan for their life. And I'm like, well, uh, call me uh, ridiculous, but I would, I would think that he can just tell you. He doesn't have to speak through me. You have a direct line. You have a direct line. Matter of fact, I would even say this, that even if I did say something to you, it might not be right. Okay? And let's, let's put all the, 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 um, the, 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 the spiritual stuff into it and go, man, uh, this is the most prophetic word that I could get about you. Here's the reality, that my prophetic word about you should only reinforce what God has been telling you in the first place. Which means you already know it. You already know it. So skip me, go to the source, get fed, and get your hope. AKA, seek God first. Seek God first. Okay? I mean, we, we worry about things all the time. Uh, we, and, it, and it consumes uh, us of our time, energy, our attention, and all of these things we can't control. We worry about our finances. We worry about our family. We worry about our job. We worry about getting sick. We worry about everything. And the problem is that our worrying does not improve our situation at all. Has worrying improved anybody's situation? It was like, you know, I worried about that. And I'm so glad I did. Because now it's better. <laughs> Dodged a bullet. Worried about it. It doesn't work. It has never worked. What is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results? What is that, the definition of what? You guys already know this. You guys should be preaching to me. The problem is, like I said, it, worrying does not improve anything. And the only true way to cure this sickness of worry is to trust in the love of God and let it rule over every aspect of our lives. We've got to break free from our past. We've got to break free from all the craziness of the present. And we've definitely got to break free of this worrying about the future. I'm not saying don't, be plan don't plan and prepare, okay? But we'll go over that in just a second. Jesus spoke to this struggle with the future in Matthew 6. And we read this earlier. I'm going to read this again. It says this, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? That's a, that's a rhetorical question. I just want to make that clear. Okay, he's not going, hey, are you more valuable than them? No, he says, are you not more valuable than them? He's saying, hey, listen, you're more valuable than those birds. I don't live in those birds, but I do take residence in you. 
And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? Anybody add an hour to their lives? No. The one thing I, I thought about in that conversation I told you I overheard was like, man, hours, years are being stolen from this woman's life because of these, 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 this, this anxiety and this, this worrying, because this was serious. This was serious. I couldn't help but to empathize with her and just go, man, I, I, I don't want to jump in and be like, hey, I overheard something. Let me just uh, help you out here. Hopefully you tune in you can watch. Even though this passage of Scripture was written, written nearly 2,000 years ago, it is so applicable to us in this moment. It also shows me that human nature is, is, is the sense anxiety about our future. We've been doing it since day one, since Adam and Eve, worrying about our future. I want you to understand this. Um, here's, here's the point that you need to understand right now, is that God sees you, okay? Before you understand anything else, God sees you, okay? He, he actually sees you. He actually looks down and he sees you. He watches you. Jesus tells us not to worry about our life. Don't worry about uh, the daily needs. Don't worry about the daily wants. The reason he gives is because our lives are made up of more than just our physical desires. God offers proof for his ability to provide for us. He points to the birds of the air, the tiny winged animals. They're not anxious about their lives. They're not anxious about their needs. So why are you? If God takes care of the sparrow of the world, Surely, he can take care of each and every single one of us. I believe that. Ben, I believe God's going to find you the perfect house. You know that? Julie, I think God's going to find you the, 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 the right job, get all those people situated. I, I believe that. Right? I, I, Eleanor, I believe that God has something amazing for your future. I believe that. I believe that he's been watching you through all of the trials over this last year. I believe that. I believe that. Carrie, God's got you. 100%, top to bottom, hair to toes. God's got you. That's such an amazing thing. He sees you. He's walking with you. You know, I, uh, like I said, I've, I've been watching TV more and more, and, and I felt the anxiety. And I'm telling you, the only thing that helped was to turn off the noise, to be able to share with my friends, hey, I'm anxious about this, and I have no idea why. I have no idea why. I had to confess this stuff. I had to confess it to get it out of there so that I could stop trying to control things that I have no control over. God sees every single person on earth, and he has a great plan for you. No matter how, how old you are, no matter how young you are, God has a great plan for you. He will take care of you. You can trust him. You can trust him. One of the most quoted scriptures of all times is, is Jeremiah 29, 11. I don't even got to put this one on the screen. You guys probably already know it, right? For I know the plans I have for, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a, you guys know all this stuff. 
Today is just basic review. It's just basic review of, of basic concepts within the Bible that I believe we have to hold on to in these turbulent times. God has a, prefer, a preferred future that, that he belongs, that, that he holds, and he longs for you to, to, to fulfill. He has plans for you. Now, whether or not those plans come to fruition has a lot to do with what you do, not what he does. Okay, that's, he's telling you, hey, you know what? I'm guaranteeing you a good future on my part. I'm going to come through on my part. Now it's your turn. Come through on your, your part. And too many of us are, are shoving opportunities. I was going to have this glass jar and it was going to be really cool. Okay, I was going to do this illustration I remembered from Children's Church. Okay, and so I'm just going to tell you about it. You guys can visualize it. Okay, all right. Let's let's say in this hand I got a glass jar. All right, and I fill it with sand. Okay, and and I fill it right up to about here. And uh, and then I go. Okay, I got two two pretty good sized rocks. And I go. Oh man. Okay. Well, in this jar, the sand represents every little, little granule of, of sand represents a, a opportunity or a, uh, a future endeavor, things that I'm actually wasting time on, okay? Little things in life. We'll call them that. Those are the little things in life. And we, we shove all the little things in life so much into this jar, and then we get the opportunities for the big things, these rocks. And we go, okay, the Lord wants me to accomplish this and do this. And I try to put it in that jar too. And it won't fit. And the cool illustration was this. Is that if we emptied this. And we took those rocks. I wish I could like make, do post-production. And you could make like rocks appear in my hand. And anyways, it's a thought for something in the future, right? Okay. And so, so these rocks, right, these two rocks, and, and these are, this is God's uh, opportunities, things he has for us. And we put those in first, and we go, wow, look at all this space I got left over. And then we got all this sand, right? And we pick up the sand, and we start to fill it, backfill it. And the amazing thing is, is that when we seek God first and his things, there's still room for the things that we want, the things that are on our hearts, okay? The things that we, we, we fill up our lives with, okay? See, nobody's telling you to cut everything out and just be a monk or whatever it have to, has to happen, right? We're not asking you to, to, to live in solitude and, and just pray 24 hours a day. God never asked us to do that. He does say pray without ceasing, which, which simply means this, man, seek him first and seek him often. And when these opportunities come, put those in first, and then we got the opportunity to do all the stuff we wanted to do anyways. But if you reverse it, you will never be able to accomplish those things at the same time. There's not enough room. That's physics. That's geometry, geology, trigonometry, all those ometries up in there, okay? All that over a bottle of water. Whew, man. All right, let me ask you this. I put out a couple questions on the sheet there. Um, because a lot of you are, are getting a lot of opportunities. 
There's all these things floating around. And, and the most important question is, is this opportunity that is from God or from me? And so all you got to do is ask yourself three questions. And these are very basic questions. The first one is this. Does this opportunity align with Scripture? Well, you wouldn't know if you didn't read Scripture. Okay, so that question right there implies that you read scripture, and I would suggest doing it on a daily basis. That's how you understand and, and, and can hear the voice of God. We talked about this in the last couple of weeks. Okay, does this opportunity align with scripture? Will you be violating some kind of direction that has already been given to us in God's word? Okay, if so, there is a good chance that it is not part of the plans that God has for you, all right? Number two, will this opportunity make me more like Jesus? Isn't that the whole purpose of us following Christ? I mean, this is, we sing songs like this, Lord, make, us, make me more like you. Give me a heart after you. Lord, do all these things. And then we leave church, and it seems like we shut that part off, and, and then the selfish part comes out, and we go, I'm going to do what I want. Now, none of us are that, that brazen about it, but our actions are. So will this opportunity make me more like Jesus? If it will help shape you and mold you into the person God desires you to be, then there's a good chance that this could be a part of God's plan for your future. And number three, will this opportunity benefit others? Now, let me just pause right there for a second. Have you noticed that none of these three questions go, is this going to be good for me? Because again, another assumption is that I'm not the most important person in this story. That's an assumption that is being made when we read the Bible. Will this opportunity benefit others? Now, if you can answer yes to all those, probably a pretty good chance that you're at least in the right direction of the will of God. And sometimes that's good enough. And sometimes God doesn't even stress over all the other little minor details of things like we think he does. Okay? And, and if you can just simply answer yes to this, then, then do it until he tells you not to. And if you got more than one opportunity that meets all three of these, then man, you are doubly blessed. Pick one. <laughs> Which one do you like now? Now you can get to you. Mark Twain says this, the two most important days of our life are the day when you are born and the day you find out why. Your future is tied to your purpose and God's plan. Your future is tied to your purpose and God's plan, right? Point number two, seek God first. We talked about that a little out of order. Let me read this to you real quick. Matthew 6, we're going to continue in the same chapter and go from uh, verse 28 through 34, and it says this. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. He say, man, just grow some flowers, grow some sunflowers. You don't have to worry about clothes. That's not what he's saying. 
Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? (laughs) I'm going to quote this to my kids. What are we going to eat? There's nothing to eat. There's food everywhere. Anyways. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? And what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. See, God sees you. God sees you. So stop worrying about all this stuff and just see him in return. That's all you're doing. If he's seeing you, man, I'm telling you, it is so amazing. Anybody ever been in love before? Okay. Anybody ever been in love in high school before? Okay. High school is a weird thing. It goes in slow motion, right? And I remember uh, falling in love with my wife at that first time. I walked into uh, English class and I looked over and I was like, And I, and I seen her, I seen her, and I, and I got to tell you, all I wanted was her to see me too. And I would look and keep looking. It wasn't creepy-ish. <laughs> Just keep looking. Does she see me yet? Does she see me yet? And the day she looked in my direction... My, my heart grew three sizes bigger that day, <laughs> right? But you understand, that, that's what God is asking. He's saying, hey, I see you, so, so see me. Look at me. And I'm telling you, man, you make your heavenly father's day when you actually look at him. That's the whole point, okay? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So just like those little pebbles and the big rock, if you seek him first, you can still have all these little things too. Who wants the little things in life or who wants the big things? You guys want big things in your life? Well, then stop focusing on the little things and start actually focusing on the big thing and there's nothing bigger than God. Rather, many of us focus on increasing our popularity, our status on social media, finally getting the house on the lake, finding true love. We focus on all these things. And these things can take us off track. When I was doing an internship program and I had interns coming to me, the first thing I told them is, you cannot date. And they went, like, what, what do you mean I can't date? Man, you ain't ready. You don't even know what your future looks like. So do this, seek God first. I'm telling you, give me a year of seeking God, making mistakes in the Lord's favor and in his grace, and I'm telling you, all the other stuff will be added. But in their mind, they were like, no, I'm too good looking. This is my prime, baby. I can't, I can't stop dating now. No, no, you need to. Before you mess everything up. Wouldn't it be nice if if, if our young people realized that if they sought God first 
and they got a, an idea of what their future could be like. And it's that massive house on the hill and, 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 the, and the glories of all of it. Just, man, how awesome life could be. And then they realized that as they sought God and they seen their purpose, that God would supply what we would call in the Bible a helpmate. And this helpmate, see, it's not a help. Too many times we as believers think that getting a blessing while robbing somebody else is a blessing. No, no, that's not a miracle. Okay? If if my miracle is at the expense of somebody else, is that God? That's a question you need to answer. That's questions I ask. Okay? And, And too many times we get into these relationships and we think our helpmate is coming along, and, and they have to squash all of their dreams and their hopes and their future and their plans and their purpose so that they can just help this person. That's not how it works. See, when God is in the mix, all of a sudden he'll bring in somebody that is a helpmate, but here's the reality. You're helping her just like she's helping him and vice versa, and both of them are going to this goal, and this goal becomes multiplied. That's how it looks when you start to seek him first in these things. When you put right things in the right order. I'm telling you, man, when we seek God first, we can begin to live with humanity, humility. With, with I'm telling you, all this becomes what we're known for. The kind of person that I want to be, it becomes the way I live. People see it. People experience it. Don't worry about your future. It's in God's hands. Besides, Jesus says today has enough things to be concerned about without worrying about all the things that don't even exist yet. You're manifesting problems in your life, people. Stop. Most of the things that we spend our time worrying about never come to pass anyways. And yet so much of our energy is spent on it. I'm going to conclude with this. This is the final thing. You already know where I'm going, right? You have it on the sheet. Use your time wisely. Use your time wisely. Look at Psalm uh, 90, 12. It says this, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. When we put things in perspective, all of a sudden that's wise. And not just wise, we're not acting wise, we're actually starting to become wise. That's what he's saying. We start to walk in this wisdom and grow in this wisdom. Because there was a survey done a while ago that kind of astonished me. It's how people spend their time in life. In a lifetime, the average American will spend six months sitting at stoplights. How many of you guys thought stoplights were a waste of time? Now you know exactly how much. Okay? Six months of your life, on average, will be spent at a stoplight. Eight months will be spent opening junk mail. Thank you all the marketing people out there, for all that junk mail, you've just stolen eight months of my life. Two years 
unsuccessfully returning phone calls. How many people have made phone calls this week and got an answering machine? Okay, you take all that time over the next lifetime, you're going to spend an average of two years returning phone calls that nobody else is going to pick up. Think about that. You know what you can do in two years? You can get a degree. I mean, you can, man, you can, you, you can do a lot. Four years doing housework. So if you're looking for an excuse not to do housework, I've just given it to you. Okay? Because you can just tell your, 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 your mate, your partner, hey, look, you know what you can do in four years? I could be a doctor. Maybe. After the other two years returning phone calls, then you could be a doctor with those four years that you've wasted doing house chores. Five years waiting in line. And no, not everybody quizzed was at Cedar Point. Okay? Five years waiting in line. How long do you spend eating? Anybody want to throw a guess out there? Six years eating. Maybe ten for you, Joe. My favorite pastime, eating and watching TV. So good. As you live your life, it's important to ask yourself if the places that your time, energy, attention, and affection are going are the most important places they could possibly go. That's the whole point of this. Evaluate the time and energy you spend up here. Evaluate it. See what God can do with it. I've heard it said before that the only thing that will matter 100 years from now will be our relationship with the Lord. If this is the cause then we need to use our future to ensure that as many people come to experience and trust God as possible. As the psalmist said, living wisely means realizing that we only have so many days in our lives and we must use them wisely. Take out that piece of paper, that thing you wrote down, pull it out. Now, you got your worry on one side, that thing you're going to worry about. Now flip it over. You got a blank piece of paper. This week, I want you to write a prayer about how you want to spend your time and how you want God to turn your worry into worship. This week, when you look at this, I want you to shift your point of view. I want you to shift your mindset when it comes to this topic or this thing that's written on this piece of paper. And start asking God, how do I become effective in this? How do I turn this situation or this circumstance or this worry around? 
How can this worry provide hope that will fuel my momentum towards the future? So I want you to write a simple prayer this week about how you want to spend your time and how you want God to turn your worry into worship. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now and I ask for those that are watching online, I ask for those that are sitting in this room right now, those that are listening to this in the future. Father, I pray that you would help use this message to take all of these, these little bitty worries. Now, a little bitty worry can be quite heavy on your heart when you start adding up all these little things. I'm not discounting how, how the emotions of it are real. But Lord, as we look at these things, Lord, I pray, I pray right now that you help us get proper perspective over this situation. Help us to see it in your eyes, through your filter. Father, start to change this into the thing that, uh, from the thing that steals our future to the thing that, that drives us to a better future. Turn this worry into a form of worship, God. Help me to trust you over my future and over this circumstance and this situation. Help me to trust in you, God. Help me to hand it to you. I pray right now that as you begin to, see, you're not just ripping this thing out, but you're transforming it. You're going to use this worry in my life. Maybe this worry is a passion of yours. Maybe it's a passion of yours, and God just wants you to grab hold of it. And, and he wants to start transforming it into the thing that will drive you to what it is he has prepared for you in the future. So, Father, I ask right now that you would continue preparing us as your people, preparing us for that, that future that you have prepared for each and every single one of us, Lord. That's your words. You said you, you have given us a promise, a hope, a future hope. So, Father, I pray that all these things that, that are leading to anxiety will begin to transform and change and start to uh, just give us hope as we trust in you more and more every single day this week, Lord. Father, I thank you, and I give you the praise and the glory. Thanks for joining us. I hope this message blessed you. Our goal is to connect you to God's people, God's word, and his mission for your life. You can find out more about us at glfirst.org. Again, that's glfirst.org. Hope to see you next week. God bless.